goodbye to a hero, to a, a legend, to an icon, and a guy that we will always love and remember in our hearts. You remember, I was talking to Jerry West, uh, just a couple moments ago. This was a playoff game in Utah, and the Lakers were really playing bad. And Kobe at halftime stood up and told everybody, if you guys are afraid of winning, get out of my way. I'll win it myself. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you know Kobe's mindset. I mean, this guy, he wanted to win, and he would do anything it took to win. Anything that, you know, whether it's, uh, he was a great defender besides uh, one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen in the history of basketball, but he was one of the greatest defenders too. And uh, if we needed a rebound, he was gonna get that rebound. If we needed a steal, he was gonna get that steal. But what I loved about him was the pressure moments and him like saying, give, give me the ball, everybody calm down, I'm gonna lead us to victory. And uh, most of the time he did just that, just, just so calm and, uh, and, and, and the confidence that uh, he lived with every day and everything that he, that he was doing in his life, whether it was basketball or off the court. The man was a confident young man. But the thing that I love, he shared. He shared his talents with other young players. And he would work out five or ten NBA players every summer. He would work out WNBA players, the young ladies. And you know, anybody that called him, he would work them out and give them advice. And, and that says something about the man, Kobe Bryant. And also, imagine he, like you, were totally prepared when he retired. I mean, he didn't have, he didn't have any question marks at all. When he said, Mamba out, he meant it. Well, Jim, he... he People didn't notice he was one of the greatest businessmen. Uh, you know, he it, that's what we talked about. We both were saying, hey, how we were prepared to leave the game, and then we knew that we wanted to get into business. And he made some of the incredible investments, and uh, he knew what he wanted to do, and that was produce uh, either movies or documentaries. He won a what Academy Award for doing just that. And it's um, uh, sad because he had so much to give and so much more to do. It's just, it's, um, I, I just, you know, I'm not supposed to be doing this. He's supposed to be talking about me. I, he's way too young. I was supposed to pass away. He was supposed to be talking about me, not me, but talking about him. It's, it's a sad day, man. It's just a sad day. Kobe Bryant may have been best known as a basketball superstar, but in an interview with CBS this morning, Saturday last year, Bryant said he also hoped to be seen as a storyteller. Here's CBS This Morning Saturday co-host Dana Jacobson. So what is this area? So this is our, uh, you know, our creative uh, area, our creative space. This is Kobe Bryant's court now. So we've created our own term called Granology. The creative space at his production company, Granity Studios, Kobe's next chapter, launched in 2016 after 20 seasons in the NBA. Was this something as a kid you thought about that you would want to have? Definitely not. You know, as a kid, the main focus was just playing the game. 
And like my last year, people asked me what I was going to do. And I said, I go into storytelling. They were like, all right, well, like, wait, that's not, that's not a real job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that sort of stuff. Dear Basketball. But with his first project, the animated short film, Dear Basketball. I fell in love with you. Kobe did what Kobe does. Stunned the crowd. Not with a game winner, but an Oscar winner. Five seconds from the closet. Ball in my hands. Yeah, jumping into writing and then win an Oscar right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Because that's how Kobe yeah. Bryant does it in my mind. Well, you know, it, it's funny. Like, if you look back, I had a lot of practice on road trips, sitting on planes, writing, writing, writing. No, that's not good. Let me restructure this. Let me write this. Let me da, da, da. You were practicing a different craft while you were playing your craft that yeah. so many know you for. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the structure of playing a game is storytelling. When we sit down and we watch basketball in Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, I mean, all those acts are present throughout the course of the game. And as you're managing a game, you're managing the ebbs and flows of it, you know, the momentum shifts. Right. And these are all stories, so it's all the rules of the world. Like basketball, storytelling is a passion for Kobe, which began in high school, right around the time he was winning a Pennsylvania State Hoops title. I, I had a great speaking arts teacher who taught how to structure story how to write story, you know, the world revolves around storytelling. And so it serves an important role in our society at large. I get excited to try to, you know, play my small part in it. Hey everyone, this is Kobe Bryant, and I'd like to introduce you to the Punies. Under the Granity umbrella, Kobe has helped shape stories from podcasts to film, all with the idea of using sport and entertainment to educate. For our studio, it's important to build it where parents trust that your kids can enjoy our content, yeah. novels, film, series, otherwise, and trust that they'll be gaining valuable information from that that's going to help them be better. Take the trio of books Kobe's created for young adults, described by some as Harry Potter meets the sports world. The Wizenard series. The first was basketball-based, the Wizenard series training camp and it hit number one on the New York Times bestseller list. Where did the idea for the Wizard Art series come from? It, it's actually started from uh, Mary Poppins. The Julie Andrews the version. Julie Andrews version, <laughs> the Big Bad Dyke version. Yeah. And I was saying, man, if there was a coach that was magical in that way, what would that look like? Kobe has created the fantasy world the books are set in, along with the characters and their backstories. He then plots out the storylines before turning to a hand-selected author. In September, Bryant published Legacy and the Queen about a young female tennis player. It was really important for me in writing Legacy to understand those emotional frustrations and the ebbs and flows of playing sport. So for inspiration, well, where do you think he went? So I called Serena and I said, Serena, this is what I'm thinking. I obviously don't know nothing about tennis. So like, you gotta talk me through. And we sat on the phone for about a good hour or so and talked about the challenges of playing the sport, the training aspect of it all, you know, the emotion. You started playing tennis later in life yeah. after you stopped playing basketball. Yeah. How good were you when you first got out there? Horrible. Kobe Bryant like, was bad at a sport. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> like, I was swinging a racket as if I was in a home run. You know, it was just... You do what you know. Wrong sport, dude. Yeah. Wrong sport, you know. <laughs> All right, so you guys know what to do. As for the right sport... Remember, I don't want them to be able to breathe. It's still part of Kobe's latest chapter. Not as a player, but the coach of his 13-year-old daughter Gigi's basketball team. It's a lot of fun. I mean, she's really driven, very competitive, 
And we have a group of kids that love the game. Remember, they have an appetite to learn more. And so I enjoy being around them. Just slow it down. Slow it down. Hit her. Off you go. What's the biggest challenge in coaching your own daughter? Making sure she knows that I love her whether she plays well or plays like crap. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You know, you're my daughter before you're a basketball player. And it's important that she knows that that's how I feel. And those aren't words. You have to behave that way. You have to show her that after a tough game, you get in the car and it's forgotten. Kobe, the dad, is admittedly a bit outnumbered at home. He and his wife, Vanessa, gave birth to their fourth daughter in June. This group of six, Kobe, you're the only guy. Yeah, they roll deep. I get ganged up on quite a bit, um, but it's fun. In your house, do they look at you and go, Dad, just stop? Oh my God, yeah. Like, I, like I, I don't never know what I'm talking about. I have absolutely no say so. Uh, and, they, and they do it tongue-in-cheek, but it's, uh, but they mean it. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss basketball? Play, do you miss playing basketball? I mean, I guess so. I guess so. Like, you know, when, if I'm shooting around with my kids, then yeah. Yeah, from that aspect of it. But not enough to want to go out and, and play. He is hard to that chapter has been written. One of the best to play the game of basketball. As for Kobe's full story, 50 years from now, how do you want the world to look at Kobe Bryant? You know, as a person, I was able to create stories that inspired their children and families to bond together and for their children to dream and have the initiative to wake up every morning and do all they can to help that dream become a reality. You know, that would be really, really cool. And Bianca says it best. I'm like, hey, way to get buckets. He goes... Yeah, I'm going to get buckets like Gigi. I'm going to get buckets like Gigi. Because she just doesn't know. She has never seen me play basketball. Right. And never know. Like, she's too little. So in her mind, dad is just a person that puts out stories. So the the basketball side of you will be something for the, the older set. If I'm doing everything right, that's what will happen. Dana Jacobson joined me earlier as we learned more about the death of Kobe Bryant and several others in a helicopter crash Sunday morning. Right now, we also want to bring in Dana Jacobson, CBS This Morning Saturday co-host. She interviewed Kobe Bryant late last year. Uh, Dana, first of all, your thoughts uh, on this news that we're just learning details about. Well, Elaine, I'm sure it's the same as what Steve said and what everybody's thinking. I mean, it, it's shocking. You see that, and it, it can't be true. It's sad. It's tragic. It, I, genuinely, I feel that I'm a little bit in shock that the night after LeBron James passes him on the scoring list, um, his last tweet with congratulations to LeBron that he's been lost in a helicopter uh, crash is just absolutely devastating. He, he's one of the greatest to play the game. His impact on the game is so huge, but it's it just is so shocking. He had a, a whole other life to lead from the last interview that I did with him, talked so much about what was next for him. And with four young girls and his wife, it, it just, there isn't another word other than, than tragic that comes to mind. Uh, Dana, um, we're going to try and find that tweet that you just mentioned, uh, Kobe's last tweet, because uh, I know that's something that others have mentioned as well, as really kind of uh, being illustrative of how there was such a camaraderie, uh, certainly an affinity he had um, for yeah. others who were at the very top uh, of, of the sport. 
as he was. Yeah. And, you know, it, I mean, it's interesting just out of coincidence, because that happened yesterday. I was having a conversation with some NBA people yesterday about how much Kobe had wanted to catch Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was wondering, do you think that it bothered him that LeBron passed him? Because mm-hmm. when I spoke with him, he seemed as you said, really appreciative that there was this nod to everybody else that what LeBron was doing was so great. And the people I talked with said they, they really thought that he was upset that he never reached that Jordan level. But I, I would say from talking to him when we did this past October, it, you know, it was interesting. He, he had put that basketball side aside. I remember asking him if he missed the game. And he, he didn't miss the game as far as playing it. He loved that his youngest girl didn't remember him playing, that they thought of their sisters playing the game and not dad, that he was dad to them, that he had launched his new career as a young adult uh, book author, that there was so much more to do. He was working with a production company, Granity Studios, as his production company that he launched. He won the Oscar just a few years ago for his uh, basketball diary short, and he was embracing this whole other life that he was creating and building off of what he had done in the NBA, that, that basketball was such a love for him, but he knew that it was time to move on, and when he did, he knew that he could write more to his legacy, and that's what he was looking forward to doing. As you were speaking, Dana, we showed uh, that tweet, that last tweet that you referenced a, a moment ago, Kobe Bryant's last uh, tweet there, continuing to move the game forward, King James, much respect, my brother. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about the notion uh, that despite all his success actually in the arena, there was so much more that he seemed to be looking forward to, clearly, in the conversation oh. that you had with him. Yeah, and, you know, Elaine, obviously, he has such a long and illustrious career that right. I think you could just sort of sit back when you're done. <laughs> exactly. They told me at Grenadine Studios he was the first one in every day and one of the last to leave. But this wasn't, let me put my name on this, this was his passion project. He talked about how he loved writing from an early age. He had a teacher that sort of inspired him. So he loved to write, and during his NBA career, he used to sit on planes, sit on buses, he would write, he tried to be a part of some of the commercials that were done for him by writing some of these, or at least trying to get a tagline in one of them. And so his next career, when things were done, he knew where he was going, he knew he wanted to be a storyteller, and it started with that diary, uh, that short, I should say, uh, basketball diaries that talked about his love of the game. It was beautifully done. He won the Oscar for it. And then he had a podcast, and, and the books that he had were all about bringing sports to young adults. It was all about sharing the love of the game, about learning how to do it the right way. And then the whole other side of this storytelling and the magical nature of these novels, these young adult novels that he was writing. Um, I, I remember asking, and don't quote me exactly on it, but it was, you know, 50 years from now, what do you want your legacy to be? And he talked about the book. He wanted people to remember him as the storyteller who was helping bring sports to kids by telling these stories. And I sort of laughed and said, and what, the basketball side is just for us, for the old people that we remember it? And he, he laughed. You know, I think that that was maybe being a little blasé about it, mm-hmm. but I think he knew he had done what he could in the game and that he left his imprint on the game and that he could reach so many more people by the work that he was doing. Even he coached his daughter Gianna's team. You know, we were able to get some of that. Um, he worked with these young girls and loved seeing their passion for the game as that built. And in a way that I think like maybe if I can sort of use my own mind into it that he maybe didn't miss basketball as much, is that he really still 
had a chance to be a part of the game by watching these young girls grow and learn and find their desire to play as well. Uh, Dana, as you've been speaking, I just want to uh, note for our viewers, President Trump has now weighed in on this news, uh, calling it terrible news. He tweeted just a short time ago, reports are that basketball great Kobe Bryant and three others have been killed in a helicopter crash in California. That is terrible news. Um, but Dana, going back to what you were saying a moment ago, how rare was it to have a sports figure who was so accomplished as Kobe Bryant was? You have interviewed many prominent sports figures during your career, but to have someone who quote-unquote retires but then has such a clear focus on what the next steps are in, in one's yeah, career. It's interesting. Um, you know, I think um, there are a lot of guys who realize that any injury could be the end of that career, so maybe you should be taking of the next. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I've seen any that are, or at least I haven't gotten to talk to any that are as driven. I, I literally just sat down to do an interview with a former NFL player, Nandi Asimov, I would say some of the drive is very similar to what he's doing now in the entertainment industry. Mm. But for Kobe Bryant, you know, again, to be one of the greatest to play the game and then find that same success somewhere else, maybe we say, maybe we should say it's not surprising because obviously the work ethic, the desire to be the best at something is what helped drive him away from the court later, I just think he was that person. Um, it goes back to the kid that he was. He wasn't a one-dimensional, I just want to play basketball. We recounted a story of when he was a teenager. His sister was um, doing some type of dance contest and needed some help, and she basically got him to participate in this dance contest, and he had to give up basketball practice to go to it. And he was like, I love dancing. Of course I wanted to do it. I was happy to do it. So I think, you know, the idea that People saw him maybe as so focused on the game of basketball. He was at that level. So for anybody to have that success, mm -hmm. but he's always had so many other things around it that he enjoyed. That when he left the game, it was spending time with his kids, being able to go and pick them up and spend the time that he didn't get with them while he was playing. There was no basketball schedule dictating things. And then being able to express himself. I think. I got the feeling from when we spoke that he enjoyed a little of the surprise that maybe some people had at the book that he was writing, that he was so hands-on. And, 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 and you referenced, I think that's something that's so unique. You'll see a lot of people that have one career and are so focused and driven go into other careers, but maybe not be as hands-on. And I think for Kobe, that was the perfectionist of, I have to be hands-on, I have to do this, I can't trust somebody else to do it. Yeah, I have to be the one. And, and maybe that's why he has had the success that he has in it. It was something that he loved. Um, you know, you think about back to when you were in high school, if a teacher ignited something in you that you loved, mm -hmm. it's hard to let that go. And I, I think he was willing to say, I'm going to have to put it aside for a while, but that's maybe why he came back to some of the storytelling. Dana, how deeply do you think his death will be felt, not just in the world of basketball, but in, in the greater sports world as well? Oh, I, I mean, Elaine, I don't even know that. I've been trying to sort of in the last hour figure out the perspective of what this is because he's so young, to die so young. Um, I, I, you know, I don't think that I've known a player of his greatness that we've lost at this age. Um, it, it, he was not a perfect man. He'd be the first one to, to tell you that and obviously has his own issues, but when it came to the game of basketball, to be with the same team for 20 years, 
to achieve the level of success that he has, um, you know, all the titles, the championship, the time in LA, especially to play for a team like that. I don't, I don't know that we can actually, I, I, I know this isn't the answer. I can't find the perspective. It will be one of the greatest. I think maybe the way people talk about Roberto Clemente and, you know, look back, it's different than when we lost to Muhammad Ali and he had lived his life and seen that full arc. This was what else would be next. And to lose somebody in, you know, a time where they're trying to have this second chapter, I think people will always wonder what is what would have been next. What else would you have seen for him? All right, CBS This Morning Saturday co-host Dana Jacobson. Dana, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your reflections with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, We want to play a bit of a report from KCBS Sports Director Jim Hill, who we've been dipping into our CBSN Los Angeles coverage, was on speaking about the death of Kobe Bryant. Let's go ahead and listen to some of that. This is, um, this is more than sad, yeah. if you know what I mean. Uh, when you have someone who is... I say he is because he's, he right. still lives in, in all of us, who is so young, so gifted, uh, so wonderful, such a, he was, we all know he's a great basketball player, but he was a better father, husband, and family man. Uh, he did so much in our community that a lot of people really don't know about. We know about the, some of the things that he, that he did, but there are stories that I know of, of where he has helped personally to help young kids go to school, gave them money to go to school. And I'm not just talking about junior high or high school. I'm talking about college and things like that. He, he made the adjustment you make to retirement better than anyone I've ever met. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he, was, he, was, he was, you know, you always hear about athletes who, when they retire, they don't know what to do. Right, might be lost. Or they get lost, yeah. they're sick. The money is stolen. Yep. Uh, they get into all kinds of trouble and things like that. Not him. He was he was preparing his entire athletic life for when he was going to retire. Mm -hmm. And when he retired, he knew exactly what he was going to do. There was no guessing or anything about it. I one of the things he became a uh, an author, and one of the books is Legacy and the Queen. And I went down and did, and did an interview with him when he talked about that. And one of the things that it stuck out in my mind, I first looked at it, and I opened it up, and it says here, Tanani, Gigi, Bibi, and Coco, my four beautiful, spirited, strong daughters. Here's the part. When you fiercely protect your passion, no one can steal your dreams. Kobe Bryant. Isn't that really him in a nutshell? He had so much... That he planned to have. You mentioned, you know, so many players go and hit the golf course and they retire. But he had a plan not only for when he was 18 years old to play in the NBA, but a plan for after the NBA. And sure. he succeeded at both. Sure. And, and the other thing is, we, we all had our, our ups and downs. You're showing a tape right here of the, when I saw him at LAFC. That's the, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the last time. No, that is the last time I did an interview with him. And that may have been the last time anyone did an interview with him. We were talking about, I asked him about going into the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And in typical Kobe Bryant fashion, no, nah, that's okay. I don't, I'm not really concerned. Let's just, I'll worry about that when it's time to. Mm -hmm. he, he always deflected personal, individual 
gain and notoriety. He always tried to put it off to the side because he knew that's not what it was all about. What it was all about is by giving back and helping our young people. And we talk about, about giving back. You know, we just celebrated Dr. King's uh, birthday. Mm -hmm. and, and I was driving and I was thinking that was a thing, that was a statement that Dr. King said that, that maybe, maybe it applies to Kobe today and, and what he was trying to do. And that is giving back to your fellow mankind is one of the most noble things that anyone can do. And what could be more noble than helping our young people? and make sure that they don't make the mistakes that we have made. So that's what Kobe does. That's what, that's what he did. You know, that's what uh, LeBron does. That's what Magic does. That's what a lot of it. But when you think about being at the forefront of all of those things, Kobe Green Bryant. And I remember the night of his retirement at Staples Center. What a game. Oh, he just, he just got off on that game, stuff like that. Yeah. And when he came back out with the towel wrapped around his, uh, his shoulders, and the last thing he said was, you know, I'm out. Yeah. Mamba out. Yeah, Mamba out. Because he was ready for his next chapter. That was it. Coming up, China's coronavirus outbreak is strengthening as another case is confirmed in the United States what the Chinese government is doing to slow the spread. Plus, the death toll from Friday's earthquake in Turkey has risen as teams work to find more survivors. We'll have more on the rescue efforts there. You're streaming CBSN. Thank you.